Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's good, everybody? Welcome in to the Early Edge and our Week 3 NFL Mega Preview. If there is a show you do not want to miss, this is the show. Every single game, we break it down top to bottom, left to right. We try to beat the number. We give out a few best bets, but also it's about information you take through the week and get ready for Thursday night, Sunday, and on Monday. So without further ado, as our odds are presented, as always, by our good friends at the king of all sportsbooks, BetMGM. We are powered, as always, by the almighty sports line, the best value in all sports betting. It is not close. And two men that help run sports line that are absolute OGs, that are everything NFL are my stars of the show. Let's bring him in. You know him. You love him. The stoic one. RJ White is here. The maestro. Larry Hartstein is here. And Larry, when you lose a game and a bet the way you lost the 49ers and the Rams, you deserve our 15 seconds. Start us off. Well, Coach, Sean McVay couldn't beat the 49ers, but he could beat 49ers betters by kicking a field goal on the last play of regulation. If you're going to try that, you got to try that a play before so you can have an onside kick to potentially recover and then try to tie the game. Absolutely ridiculous. But you know what? We don't moan about bad beats. We just move on. You're damn right. We're going to move on to week number three. And look at RJ, laser-focused, ready to go. You ready, big boy? Ready let's to do go? It. He says, let's do it. All right, we break down every single game here on the Mega Preview. So we're going to start with Thursday night. And this was a fascinating one. And, RJ, I'm going to start with you. The Giants, one of the, if not the biggest comeback in the history of their franchise, 28-7. to They come all the way back, and they beat the Cardinals on the road. Now they're also in the West for a second straight week. They stayed out there. 49ers are laying 10.5. San Francisco is 2-0. and The total is at 45. Start us off. Yeah, mostly 10s in the market at this point, which is interesting to me when the look ahead was nine and a half. It's only adjusted a half a point when the Giants looked absolutely awful for, for much of that game and were able to gut it out and get the win. So kudos to them, but obviously did not cover the number there. Um, and 49ers, you know, look, look dominant again against the Rams. Um, so even though the Giants saved a season behind the heroic performance by Daniel Jones, who would have thought giving him all that money, he would be able to pull that off. Saquon Barkley's injury puts more on him in a very tough matchup against this defense. And the San Francisco passing game really didn't click against uh, the Rams. And Ayuk has a shoulder injury, so maybe that's the reason this is not getting out of hand. But I think the spread should be a little higher. I think the total should be a little lower. Do you think maybe Maestro, it's a little bit where it is because it's a Thursday night game and not a Sunday game? Thursday night games, very important when you have a big favorite, double-digit favorites on Thursday night, covering 70% of the time, 23 and 10 against the number. And that's the only way I could look in this game with Nick Bosa starting to get the rust off and the Giants offensive line, a total mess. Is Andrew Thomas going to be back for this game? That's a mismatch up front. I could only lay the points. 
All right. Very, very good. By the way, I need you all to hit that like button for me, whether you're watching on demand or whether you're watching live, it really helps the show grow. So thank you very much. I, I, I think we all three agree that this is a San Francisco show out. Now, is it by 10 or 11? That remains to be seen. All right, let's move to Sunday. There's a lot of fascinating matchups on Sunday. We're going to start with a Titans team that took down the Chargers and looked pretty decent in the process. They're at Cleveland. And this one's gone down to three. Last night, devastating news. Nick Chubb out for the season. What an awful video that was for one of the really good dudes and arguably the best running back in the entire league. They'll proceed without him. So, Larry, I'm coming back to you with the number three of the total at 39 and a half. What are you leaning towards? We're seeing a lot of Titans money. Anything over a field goal uh, would look good for Tennessee because Mike Vrabel, all he does as an underdog is cover. He's already done it twice this year. You know Tennessee's going to play a close game. That's what they do pretty much every time. But there is some cause for concern because that Browns defense is really scary good. The Browns defense has only allowed one touchdown this season. They've given up the second fewest yards per play behind only the Cowboys and the Chargers sacked Tannehill five times. That Browns D-line is very scary. But Deshaun Watson, I mean, the silly mistakes, the sloppy mistakes, the lack of ball security, the lack of awareness, game situation. The Steelers were not going to march the ball down the field, I don't think, on that Browns defense. The only thing you can't do is cough it up, which he did. I don't know that I've watched an entire Deshaun Watson game in a couple of years. I've watched highlights. He's not that good anymore. He's just not. And RJ, when you allow a scoop and score and you throw an interception on the first play of the game, and that essentially is the difference in the game, you got to be very, very shaky with your confidence coming into this game. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the positive buzz around Cleveland was thinking that, you know, full full season here for him, he was going to show out, has not been the case. I think this is his last chance to show, some, show something. The Tennessee pass defense has been struggling. I had a high hopes for them coming into the year. They were very beat up last year, but they have not looked great. So if he can't do it against this defense, I don't know who he's going to do it against. Um, we locked in plus three and a half on Sportsline before it moved. We locked in 40 and a half under before that moved. It's now a full point lower. Um, I, I think that's the only way these two lines can trend. Um, Tennessee's elite run defense coupled with the Chubb injury puts this game all on Watson and he has not shown that he can handle that and Tannehill looked much better in week two but we don't know if that Tennessee offensive line could hold up against the Cleveland defense getting Peter Skaronsky back would help um, very good a rookie that that uh, fits in well at guard but he dealt with an illness and I believe it was an illness and could not play last week um, and they still did what they did so having him back would be good for that offensive line but even with him I don't know how the tackles block this Browns front at all. So much incredible information right there. And RJ brings up a really good point. The reason for this show is we're trying to beat the number. We're giving out lines and best bets on Tuesdays for a reason. But you got to be a Sportsline member to get them. So let's not waste any more time. If you're brand new and there's so many new names in the chat and you're not a Sportsline member, come on in. I'm going to do you a solid right here, right now. Use the promo code COACH. I'm going to give you 60% off your first three months. Then after that, we're going to be almost into the first of the year. NBA, soccer in full go, NFL playoffs, we got you covered. But you got to be a part of what we're doing. You get all the picks early. And when it's at a half a point or one a point difference, that makes a big-time difference. Game number three, gentlemen. And this is also fascinating. The Falcons somehow came back, won by a single point, but didn't cover in a lot of markets because they were favored by one and a half. The Lions, everybody said, oh, they're the best team in the NFC. They're favored by three this week, 46 and a half. They can beat the Chiefs until they give up 37, RJ, to the Seahawks in Detroit to lose. So I don't know which Lions team is for real. Talk to me. 
Yeah, they suffered some bad injuries in that game, which I think has to be the reason this line was minus five and a half on the look ahead. It's come all the way down, and it's not like Atlanta was impressive. They were down double digits for that comeback, um, and they, they made it work. So kudos to them for doing that. But they play two games at home against, you know, who knows how good those teams are and not come out looking great while the Lions played two teams in the Chiefs and the Seahawks. That could be playoff teams, Chiefs especially, oh, you know, the best team last year, and look pretty good. Um, but we'll see what the, the injuries uh, hold up there for the Lions. Atlanta's run game is dominant. Ritter was better in week two, but now he's on the road. I'm not sure I, I trust him, even with C.J. Garner-Johnson out now for the Lions. The good Detroit defensive line it has been shutting down running backs, forcing the quarterbacks to beat them. They're not going to shut down this Atlanta run game, but the Atlanta's not going to run for 200 yards again. So it's going to be a, some, a, some give and take, and Ritter's going to have to show something. Did show that he could rally the offense last week, but you know, if I'm playing this one, I want to fade the steam over reaction coming all the way down to the three. I would lay it with the, the Lions at three, but we'll see if we can get an even bigger number if some of these injuries trend the wrong way. Something to keep an eye on throughout the week. And Larry, the Atlanta Falcons, if you want to put a positive spin on that team, they're one of three, three NFC South teams that are 2-0. and One of the surprises of the early season, I would say. Do you think they can make it 3-0? and I think they have a great shot. The Lions faced a Seahawks team that didn't have either of their starting offensive tackles. Geno Smith dropped back 41 times, and he was touched one time. So that defense at home and now without C.J. Gardner-Johnson facing a different type of attack, obviously a ground game. But B. John Robinson, I mean – He is so electric. He is so fun to watch. He deserved to be a top 10 pick with the vision, the cuts. I mean, this guy is on another level right now and has a chance to be the best back in the game now that Nick Chubb is out. So I agreed with the move, RJ, that, you know, flooded the market, taking this down from four and a half all the way to three. uh, But I'm not ready to lay it with Detroit. I love all the little comments in the chat. RJ's the goat. Maestro, tell tell him anywhere. Thank you all for the positive affirmations today. We need them every now and then. All right, speaking of affirmations, if you are a Saints better, Maestro, last night you are furious. You're up 11, and then they decide to let, let's just throw it out of bounds and take three seconds off the clock on every single play. And they score, and they allow them to get the two-point conversion to win by three. Yuck! But they now will travel to Green Bay. And Green Bay had an equally yuck finish as they lose by one, but they did win in week one, 38 to 20 over the Bears. This line is two. The total is 43 and a half. What do you like, Maestro? This is a game where I want to be on the Packers if we get some good injury news. Talking about Aaron Jones specifically because A.J. Dillon can do nothing. He's averaging under three yards a carry. And if Christian Watson could come back or uh, David Bakhtiari, then I definitely want to be on the Packers because the Saints – uh, are not their their strength. Uh, they can't run the ball is what I want to say. And the Packers' weakness is they can't stop the run. But the Saints are not running the ball without Alvin Kamara. And I think that Packers' pass defense is very good. I would love to back the Packers as short home favorites, but I need to see the injuries. The only person running for the Saints is Taysom Hill. He had some really good runs last night, but to your point, nobody else did. And the announcers, RJ, talked about all the weapons on the outside, the Alaves, the Rashid Shaheeds, all these guys that they got to start getting the ball to down the field. Your thoughts? 
Only bad news, Derek Carr is your quarterback, so I don't know how, how much that's going to happen. Um, New Orleans a little better in the red zone this week. Last week they were atrocious in the red zone. Um, still taking too many short field goals. I think they had two field goals under 30 yards. I mean, they got to get in the, the end zone to beat some solid teams. And Packers might be a solid team. It was a solid day for Green Bay's offense despite their injuries, missing Aaron Jones, missing Christian Watson, relying heavily on rookies um, and, and really underrated players. I'm optimistic they're going to be pretty good once healthy. Left tackle was out in that game too. Um, El- Elton Jenkins also I think was lost in that game so just dealing with a lot of injuries right now once they get healthy i think they'll be pretty solid defense you know they're bad against the run but it was an elite run game they faced and and the saints run game is not that with especially now jamal williams banged up um so i would love green bay in the spot if not for the injuries monitor the friday reports and if we do get some good injury news i think i would like to be on the packers too i mean they could easily be two and oh even with the offensive injuries they've suffered um if not for that meltdown at the end of that game Jenks the Mouse says, we are serious about this cast. You're damn right we are, but we also like to have a good time. But do you listen, listen to my guys? How important is it for you to do some of your own work? There's so many injuries. It happens every single year during week three week. It happens all the time. You got to know who's going to play for fantasy and certainly got to know who's going to play if you're going to bet straight on the game. Now, tonight, we're going to be talking about Nick Chubb. We're going to be talking about baseball as well. Where? Well, I'll be hosting the 6 p.m. show on Sportsline, so you'll want to watch it. And where is it at, Snake? Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we are all over HQ all the time. I'm still working on getting us in in the video, though. When are we going to get in that video? Man, so disrespectful. Speaking of disrespectful, I find the line this week, and this is where the three of us are going to have a very, very interesting conversation. Because the Broncos, 0-2, and those two losses, both at home. Commanders were down 7 to Denver and came back and won. They would have won by 8 if not for a Hail Mary at the end of the game. The Dolphins have looked like one of the best teams in the league. Over 700 yards for Tua. 16 catches, 3 touchdowns for Tyreek Hill. So, RJ, I'm going to come to you first, and I want both of you to explain your numbers and your thought processes because this is exactly why we do this show. 
Yeah, the market mostly has six and a halves right now, but you can find some sevens. I think it's going to trend towards seven. So I'm locking in Miami minus six and a half as a best bet in this game because I don't think it's going to be available later in the week. This The line versus New England said Miami was elite. They were favored by three and then minus two and a half, I think, near near the kickoff um, in New England. Um, but this doesn't feel like they're elite when they only make them six and a half against a bad Denver team. Denver's offense hit a few big plays early in that game, then fully stalled. Looked like the same offense we saw the week before. Russ looks bad. He looks like he can't hit these plays um, and, and execute an offense down the field. And you're just going to get a lot of three and outs, a lot of punts in this offense. Miami's defense issue in week one against the Chargers could not stop the run at all. Stepped up versus New England's offense, despite some injuries they were dealing with on their side of the ball. Jalen Phillips out of that game. This is an easier test here for them. Denver's defense came into this season thinking they would be a strength. They look way worse than expected at this point. I don't know how you live, give up those 32 points to Washington um, unanswered and, and, and turn a huge huge well, margin of, of uh, leading into this big deficit that you need a, um, a Hail Mary just to even maybe uh, push in that game and they couldn't do it. So Miami could score a bunch of points here. Denver typically a lead at home. They lost both their games in September um, at home now. Um, so this Broncos team might be even worse than than they look on paper. And now you look at the, this trip to Miami, not just cross country. We know these early season games in Miami can be tough for these, these opponents because they have to come. They get the brutal heat. They get no shade in there. Sometimes they're bringing their own shade to try to create um, cooler weather there, but it can get brutal for these teams down here in Florida in September. And I think Miami just has everything going forward in this game. I think this line should be a lot higher than six and a half. And I think it's going to close on the other side of seven. I actually do too. I made this my tick tock lock of the week. I'm two and oh, so far through two weeks, I'm going to be three and oh, shout out to Joe in the chat. It's his birthday. Happy birthday, Joe. But he asked the question, how can you take the Broncos here? Maestro, your answer would be, well, it doesn't sound like they should even show up with everything that RJ said, but the number one stat that RJ always pulls out, but he didn't mention right now is points per drive. And who leads the NFL in points per drive? The Denver Broncos. This is a better offense under Sean Payton. Russell Wilson, sloppy with the turnover. The turnover before halftime changed the game. Up 21-3 at midfield. You cannot fumble that ball and let the commanders back in. But I believe this offense can get us through the back door if need be. Jalen Waddell is in concussion protocol. The Broncos do have one of the best corners in the game in Pat Sertain. But really, to me, this comes down to two games at home, huge expectations where you are favored. Now, nobody is expecting anything, especially RJ and coach. You go on the road. It's a little bit freer type of an atmosphere. And remember how Sean Payton did covering on the road the last several years they were in New Orleans, much better covering on the road. I took a full touchdown. You can shop around. And if Waddle is ruled in, I think the sevens and maybe seven and a halfs are going to pop. I think Joe has a good suggestion. I, I, can't discount anything you just said, Maestro. I really, really can't. Uh, he said it sounds like an over game, and I can see how that could come in. I really, really can. When you're, you're talking about 48, the Dolphins score like that, and if the Broncos can score, because first two weeks they've scored, they scored over 30 last week. Maybe the over is the play if you don't feel comfortable because uh, Taylor said it feels like a trap game. Maybe it does. Maybe it does. I don't know. I like when we all disagree, though, and then see how it all plays out on Sunday. I would challenge you to a showdown, but I don't feel that confident about it either. I just like the Dolphins. All right. I like that discussion right there. All right. Let's move on to the next game. And these are two teams, gentlemen, that are 0-2. Season is on the brink. And the Chargers have to travel to Minnesota, take on the Vikings. Now, how the Chargers have lost should be noted. They gave up 36 to the Dolphins. They had things that seemed like 
Sign and control in Tennessee. They lose that one late as well. So the close games, they are not finishing. The Vikings, just a turnover machine. Absolute machine. So let me come to you, Maestro, and start. How are you appearing to handicap this particular game? Well, you talked about the turnovers. The Vikings are minus six in turnovers, yet they lost a couple of one-score games. They have extra rest. The Chargers are the defense. Brandon Staley was a defensive coordinator. They are giving up almost seven yards of play. That is the worst in football. They're the first team, I think, in history to score more than 50 points in the first two games, don't have a turnover, and lose both games. So to me, the Vikings at home, extra time, clean it up a little with the turnovers. The big plays should be there all over the field. And the total is 54. These are two teams that, with these two quarterbacks, RJ, historically have scored a lot of points as well. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think it might have been 51 earlier, and people just hammered it. Um, Minnesota's pass defense can definitely hit big plays with uh, Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison now. Um, And the uh, Chargers' pass defense, abysmal, um, despite facing Tannehill, giving up those big plays, Traylon Burks, um, and and things like that. So um, you wonder, Larry talked about the defensive defensive coordinator being the head coach there. His defense has been bad. On paper, the Chargers look like the much better team, but they keep not, not living up to the team they are on paper, and they always look like less than the sum of their parts. Um, again, with this latest meltdown, the Chargers offense moves the ball, but they couldn't can't figure it out on third down. It's two of 14 against Tennessee. That's not going to work. And Minnesota's defense has been getting better. I, I know everybody's going to hate their defensive, um, you know, the, their upside there. But I think they've actually played a little bit better in these games, despite the losses. Um, the game will go to whoever has the ball last, really. So I think that probably the way to attack this is to live bet because you're going to get plus number on someone when somebody starts scoring. And um, it's, it's just going to be a back and forth game between these two teams. Yeah, we talk about it a lot. Really listen to my guys when it comes to live betting. You've got to be watching the game. But when it's a really close game like this, it's a great way to wait. But you got to have the game on. All right. Let's go to the AFC East, gentlemen, if you don't mind. Because the Patriots, when they probably saw their schedule to start the season, they're like, what are you doing to us? Eagles week one. Dolphins week two. The Jets They had the Bills week one, the Cowboys week two. So they're both probably saying the exact same thing. Now, the Jets do have a victory, though. They beat the Bills. So, RJ, let me come to you because you have a best bet on this game. Which side are you going with? Yeah, it's two and a half and a lot a lot around the market, but there are some threes available. I locked in three on Sportsline Jets plus three. New England impressed versus Philly, but a different team showed up against the Dolphins. The run game is still lacking, despite the Dolphins looking very bad against the run the, the week before. And the Jets defensive front should devour this New England offensive line. Miami's offense gave the Jets blueprint to have success with the run game. We saw Miami run it all over them, despite having two attack of a low at quarterback. Um, they, they ran for a ton of yards with Mostert, so this could be a big breeze. Hall game after getting bottled up last week in that matchup against the Cowboys. My power ratings have this down as a pick em, so if you want to play the two and a half, I'm fine with that. But if all you have available is two and a half, maybe you look to tease it, get it up to eight and a half, because in a, such a low total game, 37, I can't see the Patriots winning by that margin. So you'd probably be best teasing this with a game that's in the plus two area, plus one and a half area, or in the minus seven and a half area, especially if it's a low scoring game for teasing it up um, in just like this one is with that 37 total. So I think the other thing to, to take into account here is the Jets know their season's out the window. The title hopes are gone with Zach Wilson at starter. But New England has this massive win streak coming into this game, and ending that win streak would be their Super Bowl. That that'd be they had their their Super Bowl in Week One against the Bills. They pulled it, gutted out that win. It was amazing. They can have one more of those by ending New England streak. So I think they're going to show up for this game and win this game. So I would play plus two and a half, but look for the threes. You should be able to get three, and at three, Jets are a best bet. 
All right, Josh says RJ is incredible, and Josh, he just answered that question for you in real time. Joe asked a question: Should the Patriots be favored against any team right now? Interesting, Maestro. Well, they've beaten the Jets 14 straight times, and they beat Zach Wilson twice. And earlier before the season on one of our future shows, when I gave out my favorite play, it was Patriots under two-and-a-half division wins. One of the things I said was they're not going to be able to beat up on Zach Wilson twice. And now that's the exact situation they do get to play. But Brees Hall should dominate this game. I agree. I don't think they should be laying a field goal uh, with no explosion on that offense. The Jets' defense is for real. The Jets' defense has played great uh, it, You know, in a a bad situation that Zach Wilson is going to put them in. So, yeah, I'm with RJ. I would take the points. Faustino says, I hate New England, but can't put my hard-earned money on Zach Wilson either. I think there's probably a few fans out there that feel that way, but RJ is a lot smarter than the rest of you. It's not a slight. It's just fact. Just fact. Now, you know where it would be very, very smart for you to be? Where all of us are that can be, and that is Bet MGM. So, very quickly, I'm going to do you a solid. New Bet MGM customers can sign up today and get $200 in bonus bets. Just place your first wager of at least $10, and you will receive $200 instantly in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome, with the bonus code EDGE200. That is bonus code EDGE200, which moves us right into what I like to call RJ's sweet spot. Now, we all have our fandom. We all have our favorite teams. The one thing I respect about the stoic one is he's very, very like this when it comes to his favorite team. If they're playing good, he'll call them out. Bad, he'll call them out there too. So, RJ, the Bills are going on the road minus six and a half. But the Commanders are the team that's 2-0, and having won late over Arizona and then winning late over Denver. The total, 44 and a half. Your thoughts? Yeah, I've been pretty optimistic on the Bills this season. Um, I said after that, that loss in week one that they were going to go out and score 30 on, on the Raiders and win that one easily. And that's why we had Buffalo minus eight and a half as a best bet. And we did not sweat that at all. Um, my lean here would be to the Bills. I think this number should be seven and a half. Not surprising Buffalo got back on track. But the interesting thing about their offense, if you watch them closely, they look a lot different. Typically, they hit these big plays down the field. Um, and Allen has this huge yards per completion number. 10.8 was his lowest number in his, his full his season so far um, in that game against Vegas is it was 8.8 they were keeping things short they were keeping things more high percentage doing things more the Patrick Mahomes style of, of, of churning the ball down the field drawing out long possessions giving their defense some rest and um, being able to pick up these first downs Buffalo also called 30 running back run plays in that game against Vegas averaged over just 18 last year we saw James Cook had a big game so this Buffalo offense looks like it's evolving a bit which I think is a good thing they were a little bit they've been a little bit too predictable in the past um, so I think that's going to be a little bit tougher for Washington to and Washington, a 2-0 team, needed fourth-quarter comebacks against two pretty bad teams, in my opinion. So I think that's why I think this number should be on the other side of seven. If you want to play the minus six and a half now, I think that's fine. I'm going to wait for a little bit and see if any commander's money comes in with that 2-0 record. Mm, very, very interesting. Really smart way to play it, too. And Maestros, we come over to you. There's never been, ever since they went to seven teams, only one team gets a bye. All these early season games, sometimes we forget about when we get to November or December, but they matter so much. Just look at last year. You had that unfortunate incident with DeMar Hamlin. That took a game away, and it gave the Chiefs home field advantage. Every game counts. The Bills cannot have another dud. Your thoughts? 
I don't think the Bills are going to have another dud. I think anything under a touchdown is great value here. You look, the Jets are the Bills' kryptonite. Two of the Bills' four losses in like the last 18 games are to the Jets. Uh, anyone other than the Jets, Josh Allen tends to play well. This offense looked great last week against an inferior opponent. The Commanders, super impressive to be 2-0. But, I mean, whenever they needed a stupid, dumb penalty by the Broncos, they got it uh, to keep that comeback alive. So I am not buying into the Commanders despite a great 2-0 start, I would lay it under a touchdown. So the maestro is not buying into the fighting Eric B. enemies anytime soon. Now, it's rare, gentlemen, that a team is favored the following week by more points than what they scored last week. Who am I talking about? Talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, it was a workmanlike loss, 17-9 to my Kansas City Chiefs, but they're favored by 9.5 over a Texas team that has a rookie quarterback. Hasn't looked very good at all. We expected that. And for most of the games this year, Maestro, it's going to be about what is the spread going to be? How high is it going to go? Is this too high? I don't think it's too high. Uh, the Texans are so decimated with injuries. I mean, even C.J. Stroud had a shoulder. Four starting offensive linemen didn't play. Both starting safeties are out. Uh, they could be the worst team in football right now just because of the injuries. And the Jags have only averaged 4.6 yards of play. That offense, a little bit concerning. We expected a lot more. I think as the offensive line gels and gets healthier, they will be the offense that we thought they could be entering the season. And I believe, RJ can correct me if I'm wrong, I believe the Texans went in there and beat them last year. So this is a nice spot for Jacksonville coming off that loss. RJ, you want to take that? Couldn't tell you for sure. I don't. I don't have uh, encyclopedic knowledge of what the Texans do week in and week out. Thank God. Um, I need to clear some space in my brain for that. But the interesting thing about this one is that the Jaguars won by ten in Indianapolis, and then Indianapolis won by eleven in Houston, and now Houston's in Jacksonville. And I know transit of property doesn't work in NFL, but you would figure the Jacksonville wins at home by double digits in this game. Uh, Stroud was dealing with a shoulder injury, ton of injuries up on the offensive line. I thought they weren't going to score a lot of points in that game, but he looked awesome. He went three eighty four, two touchdowns, no interceptions, despite getting sacked six times. Very impressive performance from him. I think any of the doubters coming into the season with him that they take they take that one as an L um, on on watching him do that behind that patchwork offensive line. I know a lot of that stats came in garbage time, so so maybe you discount some of it. But Houston's defense collapsed with all the safety injuries after a solid week one, and that could be a problem here against the Jaguars team with a very good receiver core. Um, Jacksonville's offense did nothing, but Kansas City's defense might be elite with Jones back. I mean, it might be one of the top three or four units in the in, in the league. I don't want to compare them to a team like the Cowboys, but very good defense, so it's not surprising Jacksonville struggled there. So I think we we gave this away at minus 7.5 as a look-ahead line um, on Sunday, knowing it would come up. I had the line at 10 at that point, so not surprising the line is where it is now. My lean would still be to Jacksonville at the 9.5. Who in, in the chat says, I like the over 44. Either one of you think it could go in that direction? I think um, it might have issues on the Houston side with the state of their offensive line. We'll have to see how the injury report plays out there. Um, so um, if you're going to play an over, I would much rather play the Jaguars team total over. And I, I did check in last year. It was 13-6 Texans in Jacksonville. A ton of turnovers by the Jags. Mm, all right. We'll see how that plays out this year. But I think I agree with you guys. It's it, The Jags also, they're going to be ticked off because they feel like they're one of the better teams in the AFC. You lose to the Chiefs, they want to show out this week. So I would play the Jags here, or I'm playing nothing. All right, being at CBS, we absolutely love it. We're trying to change the game, have a little bit more fun, be a little less conservative, but also 
We have college football every single Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time on this very channel, but also on the mothership. Snake? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, everyone. This is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also, just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life, while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger. And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. All right, moving on. Colts. And the Ravens. Now, the Ravens have been my lock of the week for two straight weeks, and it's been easy cashing for Baltimore. And I got to tell you, Harbaugh, he absolutely gushed over Lamar Jackson after their game on Sunday, beating the Bengals in Cincinnati. So they're laying eight. The Colts are coming to town. The total is 44. Maestro, let's start with you. Well, Mike Martz also gushed about Lamar Jackson, and nobody really knows or can coach quarterbacks as well as Mike Martz could. And what he said was the ball is coming out quicker. Uh, He knows where to go with the ball. I mean, he also ran for over 50 yards. The deep ball that he dropped into Zay Flowers in between two Bengals, absolutely beautiful. So he is playing at the next level with Munkin in this new offense. It's very exciting to see. And, uh, yeah, to me, it's Ravens are past amazing what they did without all those key guys who were injured and all the money came in on the Bengals uh, and the Ravens took care of business. They certainly did. RJ, do you think the Ravens not only improved to three and oh, but do it in impressive fashion? Well, it's definitely an impressive win over Cincy, considering all the injuries they have on both sides of the ball. They continue to rack up injuries like no other team. Um, but Gus Edwards looked great in that game. Offensive line held up well um, in that game. And then the defense didn't come back to bite him, even though they gave up a big, big game to T. Higgins. Um, but Richardson on the other on Indy's side shined again before his injury. And Zach Moss being in there elevates the run game, too. So I think the Indy offense has a chance to score some points in this game against Baltimore. If Richardson is healthy, I know Minshew came in and had great numbers, decimated that banged up Houston secondary 
Baltimore's depth has proven to be better, even though they lost one of their top safeties. Geno Stone looks like he should be a starter anyway, and he, he's the guy that filled in. He just looked awesome in that game against Cincy, helped them win that game. So even if um, if their, their safety is out, Williams, um, I think he's going to play well anyway. Offense is going to be more limited with Minshew. Can't do as much mobility-wise and um, and you know ha- have you guessing whether the quarterback's going to keep the ball. Um, so if Minshew's in, I'm not sure they keep up. I think the line likely doesn't inflate, though, because there's a perception about Minshew being a really good quarterback, and um, probably about equal to, to Richardson. So if we get ruled out that Minshew is playing and, uh, and Richardson is out, um, I would like Baltimore there um, at laying the, the eight with Minshew. If Indy's in, I think they score enough points to cover. So I would lean Indy in that sense. It is funny. I forget sometimes where certain players are or that they're even still in the league. I forget that. And sports books, to your point, RJ, they, they buy in on these narratives. They absolutely buy in on these narratives. And sometimes if I'm working with two guys like you, I can take advantage of those narratives. All right. This one, to me, screams mismatch. Screams mismatch. We're going to Seattle. This one is under a touchdown. So I'm feeling like I'm going to play it today because the Panthers, yes, last night they lost by three. Yes, they scored late with a two-point conversion. But all game. RJ, they did absolutely nothing until the fourth quarter. Flip side, you had a Seahawks team that got embarrassed in week one. They go on the road to Detroit, score 37, win in overtime over a very good Detroit team. I thought this would have been higher, and it seems to be going that way. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I have this line at minus eight. The Geno haters were justified in week one. Um, they, they have been saying all offseason that the guy that he was in those last five, six, six games is the guy he's going to be moving forward. Completely justified with what they did against the Rams. But then the Geno defenders like me justified in week two came out and, and just absolutely had one of his best games ever, I, I believe, um, considering the injuries up front for that offensive line, getting the ball out quickly and on target to those receivers. Um, despite those inj- injured offensive tackles, Seattle had four touchdowns and three field goal attempts versus the that limited Kansas City. I know Kansas City had some drops, didn't have Kelsey, but you know they still only allowed 20 points in that game, and um, Seattle came out and did whatever they wanted to against them. Seattle's defense still has plenty of issues with the injuries. Um, it should finally be an easier matchup for them because we saw the Panthers' offense didn't do much. They looked very bad, less than 300 yards in two straight games against what are probably average defenses. Um, but you never know what Geno you're going to get. If you get the Geno from Week 2, Seattle's easily covering this number. Um, it's going to be a blowout. It's going to be a double-digit win. Um, if you get the Geno from Week 1, you know, Maybe Panthers can sneak in with a backdoor cover um, or it can be a lower scoring game where they cover. So just monitor the Seattle injuries. I wanted to play Seattle early, too, because I figured this line's going to rise. And like I said, I think it should be eight. But I want to get a better sense of their injury report going into week three and see who they're going to get back. Very, very smart. Maestro, I know you like one side of this just like I do. You're up. Yeah, locked it in earlier in the day, minus five and a half at minus 115. This one has been on the move for the last 24 hours. Uh, Not only did the Panthers lose J.C. Horn, their top corner in week one, Brian Burns tweaked his ankle in that game last night. He was ineffective, only had two tackles, and said the ankle bothered him even though he played through it. And then the heart and soul of the Panthers' defense, Shaq Lawson, is out. He will not be playing this week either. Led the team 135 tackles last season. They were all devastated after the loss, talking about losing Shaq Lawson. So they are not in good shape. On a short week, traveling to Seattle, which we all agreed put together a very impressive performance. And and I feel bad for Brian 
Bryce Young because guys are not getting open. Uh, you know, he acquitted himself pretty well last night. There were some drops, but guys are not open. And I think Seattle at home, I mean, another road start for him. He did not look good in his first start on the road with two picks. I laid the points with Seattle. I'm so glad you brought that up because Garrett Wilson of the Jets kind of stepped up in defense of of his quarterback and saying it's not always on the quarterback. Sometimes it's on us to get open. And if we're not open, he can't get us the football. Same thing with Bryce Young, as you just said. So great point by you. All right, let's go to Arrowhead Stadium now. And the Chiefs, they have not looked good in the first two weeks. Now, full disclosure, they didn't have Travis Kelsey week one. He came back, scored a touchdown in week two, but they managed only 17 points. So, Maestro, I'm going to start with you on this one. They're laying 13 and a half against the fighting Justin Fields. The total is 47 and a half. Do the Chiefs get healthy in this one? Yeah, I mean, if the Bears can make Baker Mayfield look that good, Patrick Mahomes uh, should break out of it. This Chiefs offense should break out of it against a terrible Bears defense. But the videos going around about Justin Fields are just so damning and devastating for people that believe that he was going to be a franchise quarterback, maybe even the MVP. And you watch him, you know, not be able to survey the field. He's still got clean pockets and he's running into the line. He's not going through his progressions. You know, they had a nice touchdown drive to start the game. He hit DJ Moore a couple of times. After that, the next six drives, 60 yards for the Bears. It's just embarrassing, uh, and I kind of feel bad for the franchise. I kind of do, too, because I think Justin Fields is a good dude, but you got to be able to separate good dude, and are you performing up to the level that you need to to win football games? RJ? It's not all on him either. I mean, you have to factor coaching into it. These quarterbacks are never divested from their coaching staff. Patrick Mahomes would not be Patrick Mahomes without Andy Reid and joining the Chiefs. You know, if he'd have been drafted by the Bears instead of Mitchell Trubisky, he's not going to be the quarterback that he is right now. It's just that's just a fact. Um, these guys have to be be given credit and um, taking away some taking some of the blame for some of the d- development. So I would be interested to see another coach take a chance on him and see what they can develop building an offense around Justin Fields. It's not going to be this Bears offense because he he does look bad in this Bears offense and now he's facing an elite defense um, just two touchdowns allowed to Detroit and Jacksonville offenses two offenses a lot of people believe in the Chiefs offense averaged 6.2 yards per play against Jacksonville just struggling to score points still they'll get that figured out we know the, the Chiefs score tons of points um, so I'm not worried about them but the Chicago offense has no answers 4.6 and 4.4 yards per play in the first two games um, so Chicago's defense can get lit up by anyone is the Chiefs offense going to carry the game to the over because I don't think the Chicago defense is going to going to score that many points we locked this in at under 49 and a half uh, early on monday and it's already down to 47 and a half chiefs are six and ten against the spread as more than 10 point favorites since 2018 since mahomes in the league so you'd figure they'd be a good fade there but i like the under better under is 11 and five in those situations but three of those overs came on the road when they are at home it's just a, an under fest when they are favored by 10 points which is why this line is coming down so even at 47 and a half i lean that way but the time to get it was when it was 49 49 and a half yesterday I've had to learn the hard way, and I think that's a great point. I think the Chiefs, once they get a lead, they're more worried about protecting Patrick Mahomes than just airing it out anymore like they used to in the early years of Patrick Mahomes. I think that feeds a lot of times into an under, especially when they're up by double digits to RJ's point. All right, how does this team respond? And I could be talking about either one. How do the Cardinals respond from blowing a 28-7 to lead at home to Daniel Jones and the Giants. How do the Cowboys respond to so many people saying they're the best team, not only in the NFC East, but maybe in the entire NFL? How do they respond? Well, they're laying 12 and a half on the road. 
the total 43 and a half. This game also at 425 Eastern time. RJ, can the Cowboys, would you, with the Cowboys, lay this big of a number on the road? Absolutely not. not. Not laying the number on the road like this. Arizona's been frisky. Um, this offense nobody had any thought of believing in has been able to keep them in these games. They've lost both games, but they've covered both games. And yet the line inflates. It was 10.5 on the look ahead because I guess the Cowboys dominated Zach Wilson. So credit to them, I guess. If people weren't expecting them to, to win by double digits in a game that they were favored by 9.5. And, and the Cardinals show up and they obviously melt down later, but they were ahead by a bunch in that game. Let's not forget that. And nobody would have given them a chance of being ahead that much in any game this season season, especially not before Kyler Murray comes back. Uh, the Jets did hang, hang in in the first half, too, against the Cowboys. Let's not forget that. The offense fell apart in the second half against an elite defense. Um, Dallas's offense, just two of six in the red zone, settling for too many field goals, and they can because they have that defense. But if you're settling for field goals, it's going to make it harder to cover minus 12 on the road. So I think this is going to be a Cowboys win by 8, 10, 11, but probably I would lean to Arizona's under here. Um, their offense is good. It was good against the Giants, 6.3 yards per play. They're not going to score a ton against Dallas, so I don't think that matters. This number is just too big on the road. I don't think you can lay it with the Cowboys. So it's going to be either play the Cardinals uh, for a small play. Um, maybe we can get a little bit better number than 12 or just stay away from this game. Obviously, this is a betting show, Maestro. But the Cowboys, because of this line, obviously they're not thinking about it. But as we think about it from a betting perspective, I love what RJ just said. The Cowboys, they don't want to lose, obviously. But when you're in a division with Philadelphia – you're staring at a wild card potentially. You can't give any games away. So this is about getting in and getting out. And I also think the number is way too high. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. The The Cardinals have been surprisingly good. I mean, you have two teams, both 2-0 ATS. Josh Dobbs has not thrown a pick. He probably will this week against the Cowboys, but I just can't wait until the Cowboys get tested. You know, when are we going to see if the Cowboys offense is as good as everyone's making it out to be? Because so far, uh, it's been more the defense than the offense, but I don't think we're going to get a real test this week. All right, those are all the 1 o'clock games, also all the 4 o'clock games. Now, this is another week where we have Sunday Night Football and two on Monday night. So, gentlemen, let's go to Sunday Night Football in Vegas. The Raiders favored by a point and a half over a Steelers team that scored two defensive touchdowns last night against the Browns, if you're watching us live. The total sitting at 43. I can't trust, Larry, either one of these offenses at all. Can you? Certainly can't trust the Raiders. Josh Jacobs has not gotten going at all after an amazing season last year. Devontae Adams avoided a concussion, which is good news, but Jacoby Myers, unclear if they'll have him back. I just think the Steelers, it's going to be like Christmas for them because you had to face the Niners and the Browns, maybe two of the top three or four defenses in all of football, and now you get to play the Raiders in controlled conditions. I think we're going to finally see you know, a really good game from Kenny Pickett, from George Pickens. So I think this is a breakout day for the Steelers offense. To me, it's Steelers or pass. I definitely will lean that way because of their defense. Now, the Raiders, they do have a win, RJ. They won in Denver week one, but then they get blown out uh, in week two up there in Buffalo. What say you on this matchup? 
Yeah, Vegas offense and defense doesn't look good, but Vegas only ran 39 plays against Buffalo, averaged 6.2 yards per play without Jacoby Myers. So maybe they do have a little bit of hope on their offense. Problem is their offensive line is terrible, and that's why you see those Josh Jacobs numbers. He is one of the worst numbers before contact of any running back, and he can't control that. He can't control who's getting through the line. The bad news is the Steelers have a pretty good defensive front, too, um, with T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith and those guys um, getting after the quarterback and just wreaking havoc up front. Um, Devontae Adams appears fine. I know he was dinged up. We'll see if Myers makes it back that makes the Raiders more competitive in this game I think you just want to be catching points with either of these teams I wouldn't want to lay points especially with this Raiders team right now interesting that this line moved all the way over I think it's a reaction to the Pittsburgh offense um, and they had two incredibly tough matchups you're right they still look awful but maybe they'll get it together um, and uh, and playing on a short week uh, maybe that goes against them too so I don't know how you really take either side in this game I'm probably lean Pittsburgh I just want to lean whoever's getting points here this is, I think, an advantage for us who like to bet on a lot of NFL games because if this was a one o'clock game and I'm only looking at, I can only bet four games because I put a limit on myself, I'm not betting this game. But since it's 8.20, I'll see how I do during the week and during the day, and maybe I'll play with a little house money. That's, that's my plan. Now, Monday night, once again, because many of you, one of our biggest shows of the entire year last night, we're going to be at 6 p.m. Eastern time again for primetime early edge, counting down to both of these Monday night football games. The first one starts at 7.15 Eastern. RJ, coming right back to you. And I think we're going to get a real litmus test for how good really are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Baker Mayfield. Because the Eagles are favored by five and a half. The total sitting at 46. Let's start with you, RJ. Yeah, Buccaneers won in week one, but the offense didn't look great. Obviously, looked much better against a bad Chicago team. Um, and their offensive coordinator, Dave Canales, is really doing work there in, in putting Baker in position to succeed. So I think this is this is definitely sustainable. I don't know how sustainable it is against a good Eagles defense, especially if they get some of their guys back that were hurt for that Vikings game. Um, so they just lost their slot cornerback, though. I mean, that was an issue with Chicago. So maybe that helps out Tampa Bay there. Um, I expected a big Godwin game last week with that slot cornerbacks hurt, but it was Evans that went off. So I think. Tampa Bay can kind of get what it wants. My worry with laying laying a bunch of points against them is that they can get these backdoor covers if the offense is as good as it looked last week. Um, so I don't know what the, the real offense is. Um, my power ratings line says Philly minus nine, just on the strength of these teams because I haven't bought fully into Tampa like the market has. Um, but I might not, even with that big difference, I might not play Philly and, and the market trending against it. I really want another week to see what this Buccaneers offense has. Me too. What is the true Buccaneers offense, the true Buccaneers team? I said it earlier in the show, one of three NFC South teams that is 2-0. So there's a lot to be thankful for and happy about, Maestro, if you are the Bucs. But there comes a time on your schedule where you say, this is the test. This is the test that's going to prove how good we are or if we are frauds. Your thoughts? Yeah, the Vikings and the Bears, that's a pretty soft schedule to start for a new offensive coordinator. And credit to him, uh, Canales and Mayfield. And Canales has a great track record in Seattle, so he deserved the job. I think the offense is, is a ton better than it was under Byron Leftwich. But this is another level entirely against the Eagles. I agree with RJ. I think this game is going to come down to, like, the first two Eagles games. They get the lead, and then are they going to allow the backdoor cover? Uh, we saw it against the Patriots. We saw it against the Vikings. I think Eagles up 10. Bucks have the ball. Do they get it in the end zone, or don't they, uh, to determine the cover? There is nothing worse when you're on the side that needs to score to have that bet sitting on the last drive of the game. With Baker Mayfield as a quarterback, I might add. But maybe he's going to make us all believers this year. I'm here for it. 
I'm here for it. All right, final game of the week, that hardcore rivalry. Hardcore rivalry. The Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. Now, the Bengals, they have not looked good at all through the first two weeks, only scoring three against the Browns, getting beat at home by the Ravens. The Rams looked great in week one against the Seahawks, and then the 49ers really flexed their muscles in the second half to beat them ultimately by seven, but really it was about uh, 10 points. So, Maestro, looking at the numbers, looking at the total, what do you think on this one? This is one where I'm absolutely kicking myself for not getting on the Rams before the Joe Burrow news came out because I would love to take the Rams getting six and a half with a healthy Joe Burrow in the game. Now it's down to one and a half. Uh, I think it moves a little more uh, if he is ruled out. And, you know, maybe it's a pick em game. But the Rams, I mean, Sean McVay uh, seems rejuvenated uh, by Puka Nakua and, you know, Atwell and Stafford. They're playing amazing offensively. They had a great chance to to beat the Niners a couple you know a drop by Kyron Williams turns into an interception or else maybe they pull that upset and both weeks RJ the money has come in on the Rams uh last week they took the 49ers spread from eight eight and a half all the way down uh to seven and in week one the money came in on the Rams at Seattle and both times uh the money was right so uh this is a case where I'm actually hoping Joe Burrow is active so I can play the Rams and get nearly a touchdown yeah, by the way, Puka leads the NFL through two weeks uh, in receiving. And, RJ, as we come to you, it's a ton of great points by the maestro. And this is why we do this show on Tuesdays, because now you've got teams coming back. This is kind of their off day. Then they come back in on Wednesday. They get their treatment. They see how they're feeling. And then Thursday, if they don't practice Thursday, then a lot of teams have a rule. you got to be out there. Front. So this is a very, very big deal not really knowing who's going to be on the field. Yeah, Larry corrected himself there. Initially, he said he liked playing. He would like playing the Rams if Burrow was healthy. And then he said if he's active, and that's the key thing. Whether he plays or not, he's not going to be healthy. He has not looked healthy at all these first two weeks. And he obviously aggravated the injury. If he was healthy, this line would be on the other side of seven, not six and a half. Um, and really, the line obviously hinges on Burrow. I can't tell you what to do without knowing what he's going to play. I might need to make it as high as minus nine if he was fully healthy, knowing how good that offense can be against this Rams defense. That does not look very good. But if he's out, make it a make it a pick them you know I, I think that's that's fair to say um the rams offense looks like it's going to be solid as long as stafford's healthy stafford late career rejuvenation i'm um, really looking strong this year if he can stay healthy behind that offensive line uh, which is is a question mark um i think he's gonna have a good season but the rams defense couldn't stop san francisco after their great second half against seattle where seattle melted down with their injuries jake browning hasn't done anything in this league i think his fifth year in the league thrown one pass that was in week one but he would have a great cast around and to succeed he wouldn't have to do it all um especially against this defense as long as they can block Aaron Donald um, since he had two tough matchups to start the year I kind of like him if, if if Burrow's out and they get ruled to dogs and um, and the Rams are going to be favored in that sense kind of want to catch points with the Bengals with their season on the line here all right incredible incredible stuff I defy you to find another show that has 50 minutes of that content right there very quickly grab your paper grab your pencil here is the best bets we have so far and i want my guys to take me through it 10 seconds on each one maestro go uh, the Seahawks in a great spot against a totally decimated Panthers defense. They look great in Detroit. I think they followed that up and take care of Bryce Young at home. And then the Broncos getting a full touchdown. It is hard to back Russell Wilson, but they lead the NFL in points per drive, and they can get through the back door. RJ. 
like the Jets at plus three. New England should not be favored by three on the road against a, a good defense like this. And this is the Jets Super Bowl because um, they're not going to win the real Super Bowl. So they want to end that lo- that losing streak to New England here. Dolphins minus six and a half is the prevalent market, the number in the market now. I think that's going up. So I want to lay the six and a half now. Dolphins are so much better than the Broncos um, that that I think this line should be eight and a half, nine and a half. So, so I would lay it at six and a half. All right, and all of you at home that tune in every single week, you know I like to end every one of our specialty shows. asking my guys, my crew, my experts, what's the number one most important thing they're looking forward to this week in the NFL for this week? Or you can use it into the future because hashtag knowledge is power. Larry, start us off. Well, the Falcons came back from double digits at home to beat Green Bay. They're 2-0. Now they go to Detroit. Can Desmond Ritter play a clean game on the road? Can Bijan Robinson continue to electrify the league? That's the matchup I can't wait for. RJ. Which offense is real? The Seattle offense from week one or the Seattle offense from week two? The Tampa Bay offense from week one or the Tampa Bay offense from week two? A lot of question marks with some of these teams that they're coming into the season. They still really hasn't, haven't resolved. Week three is going to go a long way to answering some of those questions. And I'm looking forward to which two and or zero and two teams or one and one teams are ready to punt because there's some one and one teams that still weren't playing very good. What about the Chargers? What are the Vikings? Zero and two. You go to zero and three, and the numbers about making it to the playoffs just plummet, just fall off a cliff. A lot of zero and two teams have done it, but zero and three, it doesn't happen all that often. Who's going to get it done this week? Get the chip off their shoulder and get their 2023 season going. That's what I'm looking for this week. Again, thank you to all of you who make up the Early Edge universe. Find us, turn on the notifications, because every single time we start any show on this channel, you can be notified, and it means the world to us that you would take the time. Don't forget, I'll be hosting tonight, 6 p.m. Eastern time on CBS Sports HQ for uh, Sports Sign, getting you set for the night in baseball, and we look forward to a little bit of football as well. So with all that being said, there's only one thing left to do, and I believe you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these NFL tickets straight to the pay window. For my entire crew, Lobo, the stoic one, RJ White, the maestro, Larry Hartsey, the snake always behind the scenes on the ones and the twos. I am simply the coach trying to keep this train on said track. We grind for you so we can win with you. It's truly what we're all about right here, even on our NFL mega preview from the early edge. Good luck. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.